listening to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. This is Lauren and Shannon, teacher training duo of TefelHorizons.com. Each week, we bring you teaching advice, travel tips, and inspiring stories from around the globe. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Expand Your Horizons, the TEFL Horizons podcast. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi! And we are finally moving on from talking about reading, and we thought we would go right ahead and start talking about teaching listening. It's a good idea. They tend to go hand in hand. They're quite similar, as you might imagine. Reading and listening are both what we call receptive skills, meaning that students are receiving or taking in language in either case. Yeah. Versus productive skills, meaning they're producing the language, like in writing or speaking. Exactly. So first thing we want to think about is the fact that listening in and of itself is a skill that we want to help students practice. I know that might sound obvious, but we do hear teachers say things that indicate um, that they think that basically anytime the students are listening to anything, it's listening comprehension practice, which it is in a sense, right? It's causing the students to practice their listening ability. Um, but the students participating in a conversation, for example, doesn't necessarily mean that they're focusing on their listening comprehension skill just because they happen to be listening to the other person who's speaking when they're not speaking. Um, or for example, anytime you as the teacher are giving instructions, that's not a time when students are necessarily practicing listening comprehension. What we want to talk about in this episode are tips to help your students practice their listening comprehension as a skill. So how to help them develop these skills and there are specific ways that we want to help the students do this. Absolutely. So it's really important to keep in mind that, uh, like Shannon said, when the students are engaged in conversation or they're listening to you give instructions, that's not necessarily helping them practice their listening skills. Because in order to to determine whether uh, a student is developing their listening skills, we need to have some sort of measure as to um, if they, how much they've understood by answering a series of questions or something. So it's really important to keep in mind that listening to you isn't necessarily uh, them practicing their listening skills. It's really important that we use the audio uh, that's in the course books. Uh, some teachers are tempted uh, instead of like setting up the audio, because you know it's kind of a pain sometimes to set, to set it up, that they read the the audio script out loud. Uh, that's puts our students at a great disadvantage if they're only listening to you. Uh, you reading out loud is also it's just not natural. Um, so uh, when possible, if at all possible, um, most of the time use the audio that you find in the book. Um, it will expose students to uh, different uh, people speaking, different accents, mm-hmm. different speeds at which people speak. Uh, the course book creators have uh, put put that or have taken those things um, and and put them into the course book on purpose. Right, exactly. And you just reading a transcript or um, you thinking that you speaking to the students is helping them practice listening comprehension. It's not the same because 
the second time you read, it's going to be a little bit different than the first time you read it out loud. Or, you know, you're going to be watching the students' faces. And as much as you think you're doing it in an objective way, I think it's impossible to not slow down, to not enunciate things in a different way as you watch the students struggling to understand. Um, whereas an audio recording is unforgiving. So that that's real practice that the students are getting, just dealing with it the same way that they're going to have to just deal with listening to things in the outside world. Yep. Absolutely. So important to actually use those pre-recorded speakers that are not you in your classroom to help students develop their listening comprehension skills. Yeah. And just a sort of side note on that, publishers are doing better <laughs> at uh, exposing students to world Englishes. So, uh, you know, as you know, like English isn't just spoken in the U.S. or even in the U.K. It's spoken in other countries as a first native uh, language and so course book creators are taking that into account now and so you'll notice a lot more um of a, a, a higher variety of accents in the newer um publications mm-hmm. um so like accents from um from new zealand for example or from australia uh throughout africa i know that there's a recording um in the, one of the newer publications from like south africa so really giving that, the students that exposure i think is really important Absolutely. Yeah. So that's our first big general tip on setting up a listening lesson is to use those audio recordings. The other tip is something that may sound obvious as well, but helpful to mention, I think, nonetheless, which is to make sure you check your tech. Um, So make sure your technology is set up in advance. The time when you're trying to figure out where the audio track is, how to play the audio, how to work the boombox or whatever you're still using, the Bluetooth speaker, um, shouldn't be the moment that you want to push play in the middle of the lesson. You'll want to have everything queued up and ready to go before the lesson starts. Um, If it's a situation where you can't actually access the room, your classroom until, you know, your lesson starts, like maybe there's a group in there before your class goes in or something like that, I understand that that can be an issue. Um, In that case, maybe in the lead-in, in in the initial stage of the lesson as you're letting the students talk about something in pairs, that's the time you want to be setting up the tech. Um, Because what you don't want to happen is you get the students all ready to listen and then they have to sit there and wait for five minutes and there's this awkward silence while you're scrambling to figure out how to set everything up. So it just looks more streamlined. It makes you less uncomfortable. It makes the students less frustrated if you have everything ready to go in advance and if you've tested all of that stuff out in advance so you know that the audio track is going to work, that the volume's okay, that everything is going to run smoothly. Right, because we have to remember that some students are anxious about listening um, activities in class. And so whatever we can do sort of before we start that listening, uh, the first listening task, to lower their inhibitions, the better. Um, So, uh, yeah, so definitely I think that's great advice. Make sure that your audio works so you're not sitting there in awkward silence uh, waiting. It gives uh, the students more more time to be anxious if they are anxious listeners. Right. It doesn't take long, and it makes a huge difference. (laughs) Another thing uh, that we do before students listen is we make sure that we set context. So setting context means uh, looking at the the listening and uh, exposing students to the theme of the listening before they've listened. Um, And so we do that usually in the beginning stage of the lesson in what Shannon mentioned as the lead-in. So putting students perhaps in pairs uh, to talk about uh, something related to the topic of the listening. 
Yeah. Uh, and we say that what that does is it sort of it uh, raises their awareness uh, about the topic uh, so that it's not such a surprise when they first listen. It also gauges uh, sort of uh, your understanding of what their understanding of the topic is. Um, and so it, it, this is another way in which we can sort of low, lower their inhibitions, you know, make it a bit more comfortable for them to listen. Yeah. And if you're not sure what the purpose of a lead-in is in general, or if you would like a little bit more information about it, we have a really detailed blog post, two blog posts actually, about why we want to start any lesson with a lead-in in general. Um, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But I think it's especially useful in a listening lesson because students aren't getting as much time as they might with reading. Like we mentioned in our previous episodes why it's important in a reading lesson. It motivates the students. It engages them personally in the topic of the text. Um, But with listening, I think there's even an added, I don't know, an added element um, where if students are a little bit intimidated, if the audio is a little bit fast, really preparing them as much as possible to be able to comprehend as much as possible from the beginning yeah, is really helpful. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to warn them that it's fast, but I wouldn't overdo it there because what's fast to one may not be fast to another. Mm-hmm. And so the ones that are struggling are going to feel perhaps a little bit worse. But you could you could mention it lightly. What I wouldn't tell them <laughs> to set context is that, oh, we're going to listen to something that's long and boring. Right, or and, long and super hard. And, right, like, don't, right, it's super hard, so maybe you can only answer a couple of the questions. Right. I don't, you know. So, yeah, okay, it's fine. Like, this is maybe, like, saying something like, oh, you know, this speaker speaks faster than I do, or something light, light there is okay to warn them, or, um, you know, maybe you'll notice that the speaker is, uh, you know, from another country. Something like that is okay. Right. That all helps set context, but we don't want to scare students going into a listening. Right, and by context, again, if you read the blog post about lead-ins you'll see what we mean by context but we don't just mean today we're going to do some listening practice or now we're going to listen to a speaker and it's a little bit fast that's not context right context is is bringing up what the topic of the text is and letting the students engage in that somehow right so for example uh i was just looking at a listening about um an ice hotel i don't know if it was in interesting Canada or Sweden? I'm sorry, I can't remember. But the so a a, um, a lead in to that might be like talk to your partner about you know the nicest hotel that you've ever stayed in, and so then the students' sort of awareness is already raised about hotels and traveling, and then they're sort of primed then to listen about this really cool ice hotel. Exactly. Yeah. So we want to make sure we set the context and do a lead in. Um, another thing we want to make sure we do in a listening lesson, this is something that we talked about when we were talking about teaching reading, but definitely applies here as well, is to follow this rule of what we call task before text. So that means that we want to set a clear task or give the students a clear activity to do with the text or with the audio before we actually play the audio. So kind of similar to reading, if you just tell the students, we're going to listen to this audio, okay, here, listen to it. Their response is rightfully, I would say, why? <laughs> like, what? why am I listening to this? What am I listening for? Um, so to make it, first of all, more motivating, it's a good idea to set some kind of task. What are they meant to be listening for as they're listening? Mm-hmm. And make sure that's very clear before you push play. Um, so for example, maybe the Ice Hotel it could be some sort of task, like mm-hmm. here are three titles. Yep choose the correct title. So you put the titles on the board so that they can see the options the whole time they're listening. And then as they're listening, they're deciding which one fits best. Right. It's 
Jenna brings up a really good point. I've seen it done before where teachers like press play and just say, you know what, let's just listen once to warm your ears up. But you know, that's not really how listening happens. So if we have them listen once for right for an easier reason, you know, just listen and choose the, the right picture or title. Well, that still does the same thing. Essentially exactly. warms their ears up, but they're not just sitting there staring off into nothingness and listening for, well, nothing. Cause you haven't given them anything to listen. For. Exactly. Like you're still warming their ears up, but you're giving them something to actually listen yeah. for. And as long as it's a, some kind of general task, not something super detailed or specific, Something very general, like choose the title, choose the best one-line summary of what you just heard, listen and decide what you think the relationship between the two speakers is, something like that. That's going to accomplish that same purpose, but you're giving them something more structured to listen for. Um, It also helps the listening be less intimidating. So if you think about it, if you don't do that, if you don't give them a clear task or something that they're listening for before they actually start listening, that can be kind of scary. Like you're basically telling the students, you know, okay, listen to this audio, but I hope you understand every single thing and every single word because afterwards I'm going to ask you all about it, but you don't really know what I'm going to ask you yet. Like that's, yeah, we don't want to do that (laughs) to them. So by giving them a clear task, you're making it more motivating. You're making it more authentic. You're making it more real. You're setting them up for success. Yeah. And yeah, you're making it less scary. Good. Yeah, another thing you want to remember to do, so once you've uh, set that task and they're they're going through and they're answering the questions, I've also seen this done where um, in order to make it maybe a little bit easier for students, uh, Mm. teachers will pause the the, the audio in order to let the student answer like question number one, you know, pause. And then they write answer and then, okay, they listen a little bit more and then pause and they answer number two. Um, And... Uh, so what we want to encourage you to do is play the the listening all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not natural to pause it because that's not how we listen in real life either. So play it all the way through and be prepared to play it a second time if the students need it. But do not pause the audio. It doesn't it doesn't help students develop their listening skills. Exactly. It might help them get the right answer right then, but it won't help them further down the line in the future. Uh, when they need to listen to lengthier um, uh, audio, you know, lectures or things like this. It, it just doesn't help. Exactly. So push play, let it play all the way through. Let students get down as much as they can in response to whatever task you've given them. And then if you see after that that they weren't able to answer everything, go ahead and play the whole thing through again and let them fill in whatever they missed before. Yeah. But it's going to feel a lot smoother than stopping after every single question. And it's, as Lauren said, going to be actually more helpful in the long Mm -hmm. run in terms of students developing coping strategies, because in real life, people don't stop and pause. Exactly. And if you're wondering, well, what if, you know, what if it's difficult for the students? That's okay. You know, it's okay if listening is difficult for the students and it's okay if it takes them a couple tries to get the answers right. Right. That's fine. Actually, that's that's why you're doing listening, right? Is to help them get better at it. Exactly. And if this isn't obvious by now, at this point in in what we've been talking about in terms of listening, um, you're going to be playing the audio more than once. Yeah, definitely. So a listening lesson does not mean you play the audio once, the students answer some questions, and you're done. Um, you should be playing the audio at least twice in order for your listening lesson to be... Yeah done well, um, maybe three times, maybe four times, maybe five times, depending on what happens in the lesson and what is needed. Um, 
But that means you don't have to stress out about the students getting every single thing the first time they listen because you should be going into the lesson knowing that you're going to play that audio multiple times for students to get more and more information each time. And it's okay if you tell the students that up front. You know, you can say, don't worry if you don't understand everything. We'll listen again later. Um, Okay, so that being said, we want to make sure we play the audio all the way through. Um, The other thing that we sometimes have seen teachers doing is they'll be concerned that the students aren't going to understand everything. So they'll go ahead and before they play the audio track, even the first time, they'll hand out the transcript. Can you think of why that might be problematic in helping students develop their listening skills? Because as soon as the students have the transcript in front of them, what are they doing? They're reading. They're not actually developing listening comprehension anymore. Um, So even though they are physically listening to the audio, yes, they're no longer relying on their listening comprehension because they're just sitting there and reading it. They can go back. If they miss something, they can scroll back up the page, read what that was, skip ahead, um, which is not something that we can do when we're trying to comprehend audio input in real life, right? Right. Um, So you do not need to give the students, and in fact, you should not give the students the transcript in the lesson as they're trying to listen. If you want to have the transcript yourself as a backup, that's great. We're going to talk about that later on in this episode. Um, So bringing the transcript with you is totally fine, but you do not need to give it to the students until maybe at the very, very end of the lesson, which again, we'll talk about in a second. But basically, the key here is you want to make sure the students are in fact listening and not just relying on their reading skills. Good. Right. Another thing we want to make sure that the students are doing um, is writing down some answers, right? And we, we've said they might not get all of the answers right away. It's okay to listen several times and get better at the answers, but get more answers down on paper. However, uh, how do we how do we know that students are actually writing something down? So in our listening in our reading episodes, we talked about monitoring the students closely as they read to make sure that they're writing some they're writing answers down. Um, it, that's the same if you're teaching a grammar lesson or any other kind of lesson. We we walk around the classroom, eyes on the students' papers, and we make sure that they're on task. It's a little bit different in a listening lesson because in a listening lesson, if you monitor too closely, if you're walking amongst the students, it can be very distracting because your audio device is likely at the front of the classroom and you're just creating interference between it and the students mm-hmm. if you're moving around too much. And probably so, also noise. Yeah, Yeah, noise. Exactly. Also, but also movement. I know that I'm really distracted by movement in a classroom. And so if there's anything going on, um, I'm very, very easily distracted and I'll pay attention to it rather than what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is the one lesson, uh, one case in which we say monitor from afar. So monitor from a corner of the, the front of the classroom and monitor with your eyes. So stand in a place where you can still see the students and see that they're writing something down. Um, but don't be so close to them that you'll distract them from the listening. Exactly. And then you want to use the task cycle that we always talk about, which means that after you let the students listen and answer on their own, you're going to have them check their answers with their partners. That's when you can start walking around and monitoring more actively. Absolutely. Um, because at that point, they're talking. They're not just trying to, 
to listen where they need that intense concentration. Yeah, and if you notice when you're monitoring then that there are a lot of questions that have come up, uh, you might choose then to replay the audio. Right, before you even go over the answers. Yeah. You could just make the executive decision. Okay, let's listen one more time. Yep. Let students check in pairs then again to compare the new information that they got from listening once again. Um, And then you can go over the answers. Yep, absolutely. And that brings us to when you do go over the answers or when you do feedback on the listening task that you've given students, um, it can be tempting if the students aren't sure about some answers or maybe they didn't get some of the answers quite right. It can be really tempting to jump in and just give them the answer. Oh, no, no, the speaker said this and this. Um, But... What you want to do instead, or what you might consider doing instead, is not confirming the answer for sure or not. Let the students debate about it a little bit. Um, let them you know, really try to justify what they think the answer is based on what they heard or what they thought they heard. If you're doing feedback on the board where you're writing down the answers on the board, like number one, writing the answer, number two, writing the answer, let's say you get to number three and that's one that the students are not quite sure about. Rather than just telling them what the answer was, because obviously they didn't quite catch it or hear it or understand it or they can't agree on it, go ahead and leave that one blank. Say, okay, we'll come back to it. Go through the rest of the answers. Any others that have debate or that have some uncertainty surrounding them, leave those blank as well. And then actually play the audio again. Mm -hmm. And you can tell the students, okay, let's listen one more time. And this time we're really listening for number three and number six. Um, That way they actually get to go back and really try to zero in on that information that they were missing. And then again, let them check in pairs again, compare what they heard, and then see if you get more out of them in feedback. And you can repeat that cycle a couple of times if you need to. Yep. If you're worried that that's going to take too long, um, uh, Shannon had mentioned earlier that you might want to um, have a copy of the, the transcript for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you need to, worst case scenario, you can read out that part of the transcript. Yeah. Um, but that, again, shouldn't happen until after you've played the recording a yeah. couple more times. Um, if you're good at queuing up the audio too, like if you can, you know, just play the chunks where the answer to number three and number six, for example, occur, mm-hmm. that will save you some time as well. You don't necessarily need to play the whole five no. minute track again. No. Um, so but, queue it up or even if it's a quite, but if it's a matter of just like them not getting the answer to one of them, I would say you can go ahead and read that, that part of the transcript out loud, but don't rely too heavily on, on that. Right. Again, we want to train the students to be listening to this particular audio and figuring out how to comprehend that particular audio. So that should yeah. be like a last resort where they've already listened to it three or four times. Yeah. Then sure, go ahead and read it out. Yeah. Um, okay. Great. So that's what's happening in the lesson. Let's talk about some troubleshooting tips. So Lauren, I think you've got a good troubleshooting common thing that might happen in a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, I mean, I think it's happened to, to many of us, uh, seasoned teachers. So what happens, um, what happens if your equipment doesn't work? So we talked about, you know, getting in your classroom a little bit early and testing your equipment if you can get into the classroom early or testing it while the students are speaking in pairs. Fine. But it's happened to the best of us. The, it does. The equipment fails. And you've got a listening lesson to pull off. So what do you do? Um, and the only solution in that case then is to read the transcript. Um, try to do it as naturally as possible. That's It's a really hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to read out loud and sound natural. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't, just don't try and slow down too much is what I'm trying to say. Um, 
it is a little bit awkward if there if it's like a dialogue and you have to do two people. I would say don't try any fake accents. Um, sometimes what I do is like uh, if I'm one voice, I step to the right, and if I'm if I'm the other oh, other yeah, voice, I step nice. to the left. I don't know how much it helps. I mean, it's really it's really awkward to read out a, a take script, but it is a good solution if your you know if your equipment fails don't just scrap the entire lesson exactly so this is why it is a nice idea to bring the transcript with you again not to give to the students but so you have it just in case the tech really doesn't work um, then you've got that backup plan but again this is a backup plan this is not this shouldn't be the plan (laughs) to read the transcript out loud to the students Uh, So that's one thing that can happen. Another issue that sometimes happens is that no matter how many times you play the audio and, you know, leave certain answers blank and let the students go back and listen again, that at the end of the lesson, they just still don't understand and they're getting frustrated. Um, In that case, as Lauren mentioned already, you could read the transcript out for certain chunks of it um, a little bit more slowly to help the students understand. Um, Something I also like doing is at that point, then you could hand out the transcript and play the audio one more time while the students follow along in the transcript. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're giving the students the transcript and then letting them read as they listen, this means that you've already played the audio at least three times. We're talking minimum three times. Yeah. Not like, oh, it was kind of difficult once, so then the second time I gave them the transcript. That doesn't help their listening comprehension. Um, It means that you've already played the audio at least three times, probably more like four or five, and the students still aren't getting it, then this is a better alternative than sending them away frustrated at the end of the lesson, is to let them actually now see how what they're hearing corresponds to the words that are actually written on the paper. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really interested then to see sort of also which parts they've been struggling with. Right. Because it's very often a problem of like pronunciation, uh, something that they think they heard versus what they've, you know. Right. Versus what the speaker has actually said. Uh, So that it's a, that's a, it is a, it is a solution. But again, a solution. We're not, it's not the plan. You're not going into it that way. It's a solution to a problem that could come up. Uh, another problem that uh, we've noticed along the way is uh, that sometimes the audio uh, the audio is too long. So I guess there are, there are a couple a couple of different factors here. First of all, did you know that the audio was too long going into the lesson? So if the answer is yes, if you're like looking at the audio and you're like, wow, that's actually quite long for a, you know if you have a 45 minute lesson or an hour right. lesson. Um, so you know why is it too long? Are there five speakers? Um, or is it a lecture? Um, and then ask yourself, is there a way that you can then you that you could shorten the listening and make it more manageable in your given amount of time? Um, you will have to adapt the tasks that go with the audio if you do that. Right. So like I'm thinking of one in which like there are five speakers and you listen and you match like their opinion to speaker A. Mm-hmm. You know, so A A B C D E. Or if you're going to shorten it, then you're going to actually have to adjust that as well and take out a few of the options. Right. So, so that's that's one solution is shortening shortening the audio. Um, the other solution would be not to waste a lot of time at the beginning of the lesson and, and get right into it after a short lead-in. Um, so mm-hmm. that's leaving more time. Uh, the other problem here is that maybe you didn't know the audio was long going into the lesson or you didn't realize it was going to be so tedious and you realize sort of 
you know, halfway through the lesson that it's kind of long and you're kind of not going to get to the end. So, you know, what do you do in that case? We, we do need to make decisions along the way in our lesson. Our lesson plans are, are as good as we plan, you know, as solid as we planned them, but sometimes things sort of go awry. And so you really got to make decisions, you know, sometimes on the spot. We want students to walk away with a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So whatever decision you're going to make on this on the spot should not be ending a task in the middle of it. Try and figure out a way right. in which you can finish a task and leave the rest either for the next day you know, or the next meeting with those students. So like rather than rushing to do all the things, right, maybe you just do like one of the tasks really well and then sort of wrap it up and say, you know, we're going to pick this up tomorrow. Yep. Really, really great point. And remember that if you gave the students a task, skipping feedback on that task is not an option. So if you've made the students, you know, listen and answer questions one through five, a solution is not, oh, I'm running out of time. We're just going to go over the answers to one through three because you made them do one through five. Therefore, you need to give them the answers to one through five. Um, So this is going to take, even in the lesson, a little bit of foresight and planning in the sense that, you know, if you know you've only got 10 minutes left, don't set up a longer task. Right. Shorten the task as you set it. You know, even if you have a 15 question comprehension exercise, maybe just tell them to do numbers one through seven. You know, right. we're just going to listen for numbers one through seven, and then you only have to do feedback on numbers one through seven. Yeah. I think, you know, planning. So in your lesson plan, plan, you know, if you have to play that listening five times, what are you going to do? Right. You know, so. Make sure that you have that time and you've got an optional activity at the end of the lesson. Uh, you know, if they only needed to listen twice, then then great if everyone got the answers and then you have an optional activity at the end of the lesson that isn't dependent on the listening, fine. That's great. But really build in that time because right, you're going into the lesson to help students develop their listening skills. So we want to make sure that there's enough time to do that. Exactly. And you can always have an extra task planned if there's time left over at the end of the lesson, but you can't get time back once you've spent it at the beginning of the lesson. Really nicely said. (laughs) Definitely keep your lead in short um, because you can always add speaking activities at the end. You know, just have something prepared. If there's extra time, I'll have the students discuss these three questions, right? Um, But if you do a 10 minute lead in, and then you don't have time for the listening, you know, you can't get that time back. So plan sparingly in terms of things to do at the beginning of the lesson. That's good advice. Great. Okay. So just to summarize, we'll go back over just very briefly the tips that we've given you for teaching listening in this episode. Um, So number one, just some general things. We want to think of listening as a skill. Listening comprehension is a skill that we want to help our students develop. And that means that they need to have dedicated time Um, to practice their listening, and that's separate from just the everyday things like participating in conversation or listening to you give instructions. Yeah, and uh, our tip number two was to make sure that you set context so that the students don't go into the listening blind. Mm Mm-hmm, good. Um, Next tip is to remember to always follow the rule task before text, so always give the students something that they're listening for, give them an activity that should be assigned before you press play on the audio. The next tip was to play the audio all the way through without pausing it. The next tip is to make sure you do not give the students the transcript to read along as they're listening, unless that comes as a very last resort or troubleshooting thing after you've already played the listening without the transcript 
four or five times. Right. Uh, the next tip is to monitor from afar. So monitor during the listening tasks from the front of the classroom rather than uh, getting close to the students. Don't create interference. Mm-hmm. The next tip was during feedback, if the students aren't sure about some answers or are debating about some answers, you can leave those blank and then play the audio again to give students an opportunity to hear more information. Good. And then finally, we finished with some problems and solutions. Uh, there might be problems during your listening lesson. It's best to anticipate them and come up with a solution beforehand rather than on the spot. Definitely. So plan carefully. All right. So thanks for listening um, to this episode on teaching listening. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Your support means so much to us. Feel free to leave a comment below if you enjoyed this and let us know what you want to hear about in upcoming episodes. If you know other teachers and travelers, we'd love for you to share this podcast with them too. And tune in this coming Tuesday for our next episode. Until then, you can find us at teflhorizons.com. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons. Bye.